How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 68 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today I'm just going to talk a little bit about the news uh, regarding the A's with John Fisher deciding to pay minor leaguers. So that's nice of them, I guess. Um, and then in the second part, I'm going to do a little bit more talking about uh, the Black Panthers a little bit because uh, they were based in Oakland, so it's still part of the community, and it's a little bit of history, and uh, with everything that's going on right now, everybody's saying, you know, let your voice be heard, be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And uh, by educating you guys on just a little bit of something that I knew that I thought was interesting, um, I'm hoping to do my part. Um, I, I apologize for there not being a podcast the last uh, few days. I went out of town and uh, was in the woods with my wife uh, in a cabin, and we did not have internet, so I could not record a podcast. And then, uh, if I'm being honest, being the social justice warrior with my voice isn't necessarily my uh, my usual cup of tea, but uh, I want to step outside of my comfort zone a little bit. Like in talking with friends and stuff, I like being like, hey, did you know this thing? And uh, that's always fun, but this is this is something new for me. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Hopefully you learn a little bit of something. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, we are brought to you by Built Bar today. So Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to lock, or go to builtbar.com, enter the code locked on, get ten dollars off your first box at builtbar.com. Also, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter, where I am solely tweeting about uh, Black Lives Matter and all that stuff right now and uh, watching lots of videos that are heartbreaking. So uh, so thanks, Twitter. Uh, you're, you're a civil servant like that. So before we get into the uh, Black Panthers, I just want to touch on uh, John Fisher changing his mind and deciding to pay a minor leaguers uh, after June had already started, which uh, I there's so many things with this story that I'm like, I, I don't under... Okay, sure. Um First thing being, okay, so he's he's going to pay the minor leaguers through June, which is nice of him and uh, is the right decision, but it also took him two weeks to make that decision. And uh, he's like, oh, after talking with, you know, community leaders and this and this, I decided that it was probably uh, the best, the better decision to do this thing. I'm like, no, you, you felt embarrassed after nobody else followed your lead, which is, I don't know why that was the, you know, the lead that you wanted to take. It was stupid, and uh, everybody, you know, fans were pissed. I'm pissed. Uh, the media is not happy about it. Who did this serve other than his checkbook? Uh, nobody. It, nobody was happy with this decision, and it took him two weeks to talk to people and figure out that it was the wrong decision. This guy's a fucking asshat. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and then the Nationals were the only other team to try to do it. They were coming off a World Series win, and uh, then they... The next day, decided to actually pay their minor leaguers because their players embarrassed them and were like, hey, if you're not going to do it, we'll, we'll fucking do it. It's not that bad. And uh, so, yeah, it, apparently uh, owners react to being embarrassed publicly. So next time uh, we want something, let's just embarrass the shit out of John Fisher and uh, we'll get what we want, apparently. So, uh, yeah. Also, I'm going to start swearing on this podcast. I'm sorry, but uh, that, that, it's getting real. Um <laughs> So yeah, John Fisher, uh, just sell the team already. Jesus Christ. Uh, this guy, I swear. Um, the owners and players are still 
Uh, okay, I, I feel bad even saying the players. The owners are still like, no, we want like 50 games because when we play games, we don't make any money. I'm like, then why are you putting on seasons year after year? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Weird. It feels like you're lying to us. But uh, that's for a different podcast. Uh, so they're at a stalemate, even though the players have been completely rational, rational and reasonable. And uh, yeah, I, I don't get how the players are getting any of the blame here. Um they, I keep reading articles where there's distrust on both sides. And I'm like, no, I get why the, the players are pissed off and why they wouldn't trust the owners because the owners don't let them know how much they're actually making. And then they just make these wild claims like, no, we're losing money. And uh, then they're not paying the, you know, the players uh, during free agency and all that stuff. But uh, why don't the owners trust the players? I don't. What? If, if you have an explanation for that, please actually let me know because... It is something that is legitimately driving me insane. So uh, if you know why the owners don't trust the players, please hit me up at ByJasonB on Twitter. And another baseball news, it sounds like uh, July 4th is off the table for an opening day date for uh, for baseball. So uh, maybe we're looking at like August at this point. I mean, there, there's still time in between July 4th and August, obviously. But uh, with the way things are looking right now, it does not seem... Like, there's an agreement that's anywhere close to happening, so that's why an August date could be more feasible. I don't know. Uh, Because you need three weeks to get players to spring training and then get them built up for the season. And uh, as of right now, that's uh, that's out the window because it is June 7th. (laughs) I have to look at the date now because I'm like, I don't know what day it is. Um, So, yeah, I don't know what is going to actually get these two together. Uh, The players want prorated salaries, as we've... Uh, talked about a bunch, and uh, so obviously they want to play more games, and the owners are like, but if we play more games, then we're not going to be playing into the fall, and then there's going to be a second COVID outbreak. I'm like, okay, well, after uh, 10 days or so of marching in the streets and protesting, if there's not a huge spike in two weeks, then uh, there might actually be, and then we might not actually get any uh, sports seasons, which, you know, for social justice, I'm okay with that. Bring it on. So on that note, we have a new sponsor this week, and that is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in traditional chain storefronts. Uh, Why endure the often pointless or seeming intimidating questioning, is this your honesty? (laughs) Yeah, get out of here, traditional retailers of auto parts. Why wait for the guy at the counter to order the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers. That means you have access to rockauto.com. And that's at home or in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Hey, uh, my wife used to have a, uh, a Volvo. They don't make Volvo parts just like readily available. RockAuto.com would have definitely helped us out. Uh, I'm glad that I know about this now. They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. You want like a one of those uh, rustic reds? Check it out. Maybe they got it. I don't know. That <laughs> Maybe I'm showing my age, but I feel like those red carpets were in every car back in like the 90s. Also, we had a Ford Aerostar. Remember those? Good times. Uh, I really want to check out rockauto.com right now and see if they have stuff for the Ford Aerostar. You know, it was the Suburban or the Ford Explorer before those two cars overrun America. Oh, yeah, overrun America. Uh, it was the Ford Aerostar. Every now and then I see one of those uh, those baby blues. I'm like, ooh, that's the car I had. 
those are good cars. That's not true. I have no idea if it was a good car or not. I was eight. Um, so anyways, what, what we want you to do is go to rockauto.com and see all the parts that are available for your car or truck. Write the code locked on in their how did you hear about us box and uh, they'll know that we sent them to. Sent us. Having a hard time with my directions here. See if they got TomToms too. Uh, this way, so we're going to circle back here. Write the code locked on, on in their how did you hear about us box and then they will know that we sent you. There we go. I nailed that one. Got it. Tom Tom included. <laughs> That's a joke. There's no Tom Tom included. Uh, they have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need. Go to rockauto.com. And we are also still brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, yeah, you know Built Bar. I've been talking about them for like a month now. Uh, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to uh, BuiltBar.com, enter code locked on, and you get $10 off your first box at, uh, you know, BuiltBar.com. There you go. Uh, Built Bar has super chewy protein bars. They got uh, very low caloric intake. If you, uh, ooh, I'm getting scientific now. Ooh, caloric. Anyways, uh, they got lots of delicious flavors. They're releasing limited edi- edition re- uh, flavors all the time. So, Keep checking back on that website and be like, hey, like a couple weeks ago, they had the, the lemon blueberry. I, I feel like I missed that boat. I, I really wanted that and I didn't get it. I was hoping that somebody would have gotten it for me for my birthday and it didn't happen. Whoa. Whoa. Anyways, um, <laughs> this isn't about my birthday anymore. It's about Built Bar. So Built Bar, um, yeah, they're super chewy. They're delicious. Put them in the fridge. They, they get a little bit harder. Oh, that, that, that's the way to do it. Um, yeah, these are delicious protein bars. You got low calories, low sugar, uh, high protein. That's a protein bar. That's the one you want right there. Go to BuiltBar.com, enter code LOCKEDON, get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. So as I said in the intro, we're talking about the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers were founded in uh, Oakland by Huey Newton and Bobby Seale. Uh, they are two, they, they were ahead of their time. Well, okay, to be fair, their time was Martin and Malcolm, so maybe they were they were like the next step in the Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X line of progression there for uh, civil rights. But uh, the thing that I really wanted to touch on was the Mulford Act, um, which the Black Panthers brought about uh, solely because they were black, and uh, the NRA had nothing to say about it. So here we go. The Mulford Act, it was passed in 1967, and it was, oh, let's go back just one step real quick. So, you know how California is, like, super liberal and uh, all that good stuff, and we're, like, big on gun control and all that stuff? Uh, This is the act that started that, and uh, Ronald Reagan was the governor at the time, so you have an idea where this is going. Uh, So, the Mulford Act was uh, enacted in 1967, and it repealed a law allowing public carrying of loaded firearms. So open carry. Uh, It was signed into law by California Governor Ronald Reagan. The bill was created in response to members of the Black Panthers lawfully conducting armed patrols of Oakland neighborhoods and part of what was later named cop watching. The Mulford Act also made it uh, illegal for Black Panthers to own firearms. I don't know how they checked it. I just assumed that 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 they would just assume. My assumption is that their assumption would be uh, black people can't have firearms anymore. And the NRA had nothing to say about this because uh, they're racist, too. So if you think that the term that I mentioned just a second ago, cop watching sounds, you know, vicious and all that stuff. Here's 
essentially what it is. Cop watching is uh, observing and documenting police activity while looking out for police misconduct and brutality. So if you've been scrolling through Twitter, uh, Twitter recently and have seen videos of police brutality, that's basically modern day cop watching. It's making sure that the cops are behaving. And uh, as we have seen, they are not. So we are uh, everybody at the protests uh, that are shooting videos. They're modern day cop watchers. Nothing wrong with that. That is freedom of speech. That is all protected. That is good for society. Um, so in essence, uh, the, the, the Mulford act was passed because black men were holding guns and not even being threatening and using them. They just had them and, uh, white America felt scared. So that's where that happened. And that's why California went from an open carry state to very harsh gun laws is because of the black Panthers. So I don't know what your idea of the black Panthers is in your head. Uh, for me, it's usually the berets and like the militaristic outfit and whatnot. But um, if that's the only thing that you know, that could be a scary image for you. Or you were like, ah, oh, they're just activists. Nah, but uh, legitimately, they were they were about the community. I don't have time to go super into everything. So I'm just going to read a couple things and then go into their 10 point plan. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But uh, in 1969, their core activity became social programs for the community. They instituted free breakfast for children's programs to address food injustice. And also, uh, in reading a little bit about the Black Panthers in a book, uh, most of the breakfast and lunch programs that we see in school now uh, are because of what the Black Panthers were doing. So if you're getting food at school now, you can thank the Black Panthers. I know that I was when I was, you know, in uh, elementary school and whatnot. So uh, thank you. They also uh, started up community health clinics for education and treatment of diseases, including sickle cell anemia, tuberculosis, and later on uh, HIV and AIDS. So, uh, you know, they're doing good for the, the community that was underserved, uh, is underserved, I'm sorry. Um, and this is, what, 50 years ago? They were trying to do something about that. And now we're still fighting the same fight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they brought a lot of awareness. It had some impact and whatnot, but... Uh, Still, still fight the same fights. Anyways, uh, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover deemed them the greatest threat to the internal security of the country. Uh, the FBI infiltrated the group, caused dissension, and this led to the assassination of many Panthers, including Fred Hampton. Uh, Hampton was murdered by the police in his sleep during a raid of his apartment in Chicago. So uh, the police were scared of... African-American men waking up in the community. It wasn't just men. It was men and women and children and uh, white people. There was everybody was on board for all of this stuff. Um, and they uh, they were like, hey, how about we just go covert ops on this organization, this grassroots organization, and uh, just start murdering them while they sleep at home. So that one uh, that one strikes a little close to home. And while we're on the topic of, uh, you know, murder of the Black Panthers, um, if you're not familiar where you don't have images of them in your head, uh, you're probably familiar with the song Changes by Tupac, where it has the line, two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. That was Huey Newton. He was murdered by a parolee. I don't know. He was a guy that was in jail. He was trying to get credibility within his jail gang, so he murdered Huey Newton. And, uh, yeah, so good times. Good, good times. Uh Anyways, let's get into the 10-point program here. Uh, this, I'm just going to read this. It's on the interne internet, but uh, 
it seemed a little bit different from what I was reading in this book, Power to the People, The World of the Black Panthers. So I'm just going to read this one because it was partially written by Bobby Seale, or he was like in the background and somebody, he was dictating it. Kind of like that Willie Mays book we were talking about where uh, Willie Mays didn't write it, John Shea did, but Willie Mays was, it's his life. So anyways, uh, 10 point program. This is all things that they were demanding to, you know, have equality in America. So number one, we want freedom. We want the power to determine the destiny of our black community. Uh, we want, and then they would explain it. So that would be like, number one, we want freedom. Uh, number two is we want full employment for our people. Um, yeah, that, that seems easy. They go into more detail on this. Uh, if you would like more detail, I can, uh, you know, email these to you or whatnot. Uh, just shoot me an email at lockedonathletics at gmail.com. I will send over this whole list, but, uh, I'm just going to read the, the, the big points on this one. Uh, number three was we want an end to the robbery by the capitalist of our black community. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in that one. Um, Number four is we want decent housing fit for shelter of human beings. Number five, we want education for our people that exposes the true nature of this decadent American society. We want education that teaches us the true history of our role in the present day society. So basically they want uh, no more of this Christopher Columbus stuff, which we are getting to. Uh, They want, you know, the actual story of everybody in America, not just, you know, white uh, white culture in America. And that one's commendable. And also, uh, these are all connected in a way where education leads to, uh, better jobs and better jobs would lead to better housing. And, uh, so they're all connected and that's part of the genius of their 10 point plan. In my opinion is, uh, they want, they built everything around the central idea of bringing black people up and people of color and people that are, you know, just poor. Um, and that's, really cool. I think of how they went about making these 10 points. So, uh, moving on, we got number six. We want all black men to be exempt from military service. Uh, basically the one, the impetus behind that is, uh, until black people are equal in America, we shouldn't be fighting for a government that oppresses us. That's what the thought was on that. Uh, number seven, we want to, in, uh, the immediate end to police brutality and murder of black people. Uh, I, I don't know if we're getting there yet, but, uh, Maybe. I don't know. Minneapolis is saying that they're going to get rid of the police force. So we'll see. Um, and also see how that works. If, if they don't do it like perfectly, it's going to be a hot mess. So hopefully they do well. Number eight, uh, we want freedom for all black men held in federal, state, county, and city prison and jails. Now you may be thinking, wow, that's a, that's a big ask. But uh, their reasoning for that one, again, makes a lot of sense. Um, because in the, the whole thing is to be tried by a jury of your peers and they had not been tried by a jury of their peers. So they want a fair and impartial jury. And that's why they were saying that everybody should get released. So, uh, it makes a lot of sense if you're, if I'm being honest, uh, number nine, we want all black people when brought to trial to be tried in court by a jury of their peer group or people from their black communities as defined by the constitution of the United States. So eight led into nine, uh, you got housing, education and all that stuff, uh, tied up. So they're all interconnected and you know, that, that's kind of cool. Uh, number 10, the final one, we want land, bread, housing, education, clothing, justice, and peace, you know, small ask. Um, and as our major political objective, a United Nations supervised, uh, plebiscite. Ooh, that's a new word. 
didn't catch that one. I was falling asleep last night. Uh, to be held throughout the black colony in which only black colonial subjects will be allowed to participate for the purpose of determining the will of the black people as their national destiny. So, uh, yeah, pretty commendable stuff if, if we're being honest here. So uh, if the Black Panthers are interesting to you, there's plenty of stuff about them on the internet. Uh, and there have been plenty of books written on the Black Panthers. Uh, there's this one, Power to the People. There's one that I've also heard of that I have not read called uh, Black Against Empire. That's more of a history of the Black Panthers. This one is more of an overarching... Uh, sorry, Power to the People is more about uh, their thoughts and ideas, whereas uh, Black Against Empire, from what I've heard, is more about the history of the Panthers and, you know, what happened around them and all that stuff and the, the times that they were in that caused them to rise up. So, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff out there. Um, also, please stop watching The Help. That's not doing any justice for anybody. That's not educating yourself. Get The Help off of Netflix, the top 10 on Netflix or whatever. Watch Black AF or Dear White People. Those are fantastic shows. Uh, and you already have Netflix, so you have uh, access to those. Um, so yeah, that's it for today. Um, uh, I will be back in a couple of days to do another one of these. I'll probably start talking a little bit more about baseball just because, um, I don't, I actually, no, don't hold me to that. I might not do that. We'll see how the, how the rest of the week goes or weekend, a couple of days. Anyways, um, Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B. You can also email us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, so that's going to be it for today. So get outdoors and raise those fists, Oakland. I'll talk to you guys soon.